You're listening to the Badass Lady Folk. I'm your host, Christine Stoddard. We are no longer just a Brooklyn, but we still have our New York-centric focus, as listeners, my dear, dear listeners, have come to expect. Today, I have the honor and pleasure and immense relief of welcoming Abigail Gabor on the show. Hi, Abigail. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. <laughs> Today has been one of those days with therapy and like meeting after meeting on Zoom, which is everyone's favorite medium these days. Uh, so Abigail is an actor, a performer, a social media maven, a TikTok influencer, uh, she, they pronouns, and really uses TikTok to... Uh, come up with fun sketches and skits and songs and dances and all sorts of things uh, to to address autism and theater and comedy and really bring these things together on one platform. So I was wondering how you came to TikTok and why you've chosen this as your platform for these topics. So I came to TikTok during 2020 when everything was shut down. So I used to think that TikTok was just some stupid kids dancing app. <laughs> so then I saw people posting TikToks to Instagram during the pandemic. And because theater and my creative outlets were shut down, I needed a creative outlet. So I decided, let me check this out. <laughs> And so from watching TikToks on Instagram, I decided to make an initial TikTok and join the platform. And then basically the algorithm on TikTok brought me to autism TikTok. And then from seeing other people share their journeys and like, so I, basically like I would be following these accounts and then I wanted to like joy in that side of TikTok. So then I started making my own autism content. Awesome. So what do you think is unique about TikTok and what appeals to you about TikTok over Instagram and other platforms? The algorithm on TikTok knows you better than you know yourself. Like I did not go to TikTok with the desire to be making autism content because I was very ashamed of being autistic and before I joined TikTok I was trying to keep it a secret and not share it because there was so much stigma and misinformation that like I thought it would be terrible if anybody knew but then I saw other people sharing their journeys with autism and I realized that with this platform, we had the power to form community and make a difference and that it would allow us to express it creatively from our own authentic perspectives. And I wanted to help be a part of that too. Could you talk more about the shame that you experienced and ways that you tried to hide it? So basically I wouldn't, like now I'm openly autistic on social media before I, I wouldn't tell anybody, even people I was very close to, because there was so much 
inaccurate and offensive representation in the media that was spread around that I felt like <laughs> this label was just something that would be used to discriminate against me, especially because of the way I'd been treated in elementary school and growing up. I wanted to distance myself as much as possible. But then, yes. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that on your TikTok, you do address discrimination in the theater industry specifically, yeah. not just society at large, which of course sucks. But could you talk more about industry specifics? Yeah, so in theater, I'm a performer and I love expressing myself emotionally and I was worried that people knew that I was autistic they would not believe in my acting abilities because of stereotypes about autism I think one of the reasons why your TikTok has been so popular and actually at what point did you go viral Do my you know? first yeah, my first viral video is actually about Judaism and being Jewish. Yes, I wanted yeah. to talk about that too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but I wanted to first touch on your experiences as a new graduate. When did you graduate from college? Right in time for the pandemic. So 2019 or fall? Yeah, it was... Fall. December 2019, January 2020. Okay. Wow. So right in time for the world to be shut down. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to uh, hear a little bit about your college experiences in theater and performance. Yeah, I had a great time in college because my college, City College, was very diverse. And there were so many different people who were creative and creating all sorts of different projects. And um, because everyone was different, I never felt like I didn't fit in there the same way I did in my high school, which was much more not diverse. <laughs> I forget what the word for that is. It's like monog... Homogenous? Yeah, homogenous. Yeah. <laughs> so I felt like, especially like an outcast because everyone kind of fit in together and then I was different. <laughs> yeah, so because of when you graduated, you did miss Zoom school, right? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah I'm still... glad. Yeah. Because but... I really enjoyed my college experience and I don't think it would have been the same over Zoom. Yeah, so obviously though, as a performer, you had to deal with, being in lockdown and your industry getting shut down uh, yeah so were there ways that you tried to bring your performance to an audience other than TikTok or was TikTok for a while your main platform I mean I also did some video auditions but then I realized I was just like auditioning for projects that weren't going to happen anyway because of the pandemic so TikTok was something where I could actually get real-time interaction as opposed to video auditions which felt like I was sending something into the void yeah for sure so could you talk about your Jewish identity and how that factors into your TikTok 
So it's really theater, autism, Jewishness, and also my crazy ex-girlfriend. <laughs> it's not my crazy ex-girlfriend. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's crazy ex-girlfriend. Yes, yes. Sorry. That's sorry. a common mispronunciation or of the title, which the creator, Rachel Bloom, is Rachel Bloom and Anine McKenna created the show. And they don't like that because that it like makes it more from like a male perspective. It's like this is my ex-girlfriend and it, she's crazy but it's like reclaiming that phrase and like it's from the perspective of the ex-girlfriend and exploring like the actual mental health behind that topic yeah of course I would be the one to flaw the name <laughs> <laughs> so could you could you talk about how how you do bring all these different interests to TikTok. I mean, it's not that many, but it is layered. Yeah, so I use TikTok to talk about, I don't have like one single niche, I guess. I just talk about whatever I feel inspired to create content about and all these different aspects are important to my identity. So I feel inspired to create content about all of them. And this is the type of content I also, I guess, see like the for you page on TikTok only gives you content about things that are relevant to you but it's not just like all like the same thing in a row but like it's interesting lately on TikTok there's these new like buttons where you can specifically see content about like sports or like I never see content about sports (laughs) it's like so I don't use those buttons I'm like I don't want to see that how do you think your Jewish identity affects your work as a performer? Or is it just impossible for you to separate those things? I think that uh sorry, I I think that I sorry, I'm just like let me get my words together. No, it's okay. Okay. Yes. Um my Jewish identity affects my work as a performer because it's another part of me that's misunderstood and then I can bring my own authentic voice to media about Judaism hopefully and also like Jewish people a lot of us like cope I think through comedy and it's a way that we find an outlet in a world that often oppresses us yeah that's very well put do you think that there was some expectation that you would do stories that were specifically Jewish like when you first went into theater is this something that parents or your community any kind of mentors wanted from you or is this something that you ever wanted for yourself or you'll you're just interested in Jewish stories as they come all right I guess what how do you feel about stories that are specifically Jewish and your place in them as a performer and a creator it's interesting because in the media a lot of Jewish stories are told by non-Jewish people And like, I don't think that necessarily non-Jewish people can't play non-Jewish characters, but also when it's all non-Jewish people playing Jewish characters, then oftentimes I feel like we end up getting 
stereotype like there's always that outsider lens but like I feel like more upset about like when non-autistic people play autistic characters because I think they that becomes even that's something that I feel like even more you need an authentic perspective but like Judaism I feel like it depends but I think overall there is a trend of too much like outside lens on that too and I want it to be more authentically Jewish yeah I've definitely heard that conversation about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel yeah definitely I agree like it's like all the Jewish like Maisel is played by a non-Jewish actor and I feel like the story like like I like the writer or Amy Sherman Palladino like I really like her other TV shows, Bunheads is my favorite. That one wasn't very popular, but that one was about dancers and that one I really like. But Miss Maisel, I feel like it does sometimes lean into the territory of being sort of using stereotypes about Jews when it's not the people who should be using those stereotypes. Like it's one thing if it's Jewish people kind of reclaiming stereotypes, but like it like kind of is a combination of like misinformation and stereotypes like in like the first episode it's like they're eating like from a Jewish deli that's also serving pork but like if you're as like reformed Jews eat pork but like orthodox Jews don't and I'm not sure like what denomination they're necessarily supposed to be but it's just kind of like it kind of seems to be written and portrayed from an outside lens but then also is using stereotypes in a way that shouldn't be used if it's not from an inside lens. Yeah. So could you talk more about this insider-outsider dynamic with autism and how it comes into play in storytelling and any specific examples of things that you've liked or not liked? I'd love to hear. Yeah. So when I was a kid, like I watched, my parents were watching this TV show, Parenthood, which is a non-autistic person is playing an autistic character and like it centers on the parents, which was problematic because basically it was portraying the autistic character as sort of just like sort of like an inhuman burden was kind of the way he was portrayed. And it was like always like centering the parents perspective and I didn't relate at all to this autistic character because the acting was so bad (laughs) and just like when neurotypical people try to play autistic people oftentimes they just like rely on stereotypes and it's like if I'm not relating to this as an autistic person then who is this for but lately there's been more authentic autistic representation which I actually relate to which is really good because like there's a tv show everything's gonna be okay which was the writer of that found out he was autistic when writing the show and then he cast an autistic girl as the autistic lead and then his character gets diagnosed autistic too later on in the show and I like, and then it talks also about LGBTQ identity, which I really like. And it's 
which also there isn't like enough autistic LGBTQ representation because autistic, autistic people are more likely to be LGBTQ than the average person. But yet a lot of autistic rap in the media is just about straight white men, which is weird because that's like, we're less likely to be straight than the average person. Yeah, just in general with stories, whether we're talking about books or movies or TV, any kind of intersectional identity is underrepresented or is not well represented. It's like yes. you're you're only allowed to, or a character is only allowed to, quote unquote, have one facet of their identity be different than the mainstream, quote unquote, at a time. <laughs> Yeah, a hundred percent. And I feel like just like all marginalized identities in general tend to be stereotyped in the media. And like I recently saw like a quote from Rachel Bloom, who's one of my favorite actors on Twitter about this, like about like women in the media, and you can tell when it's within from an outside lens and just like any marginalized identity. It was at some conference about comedy in the media at USC and <laughs> I'm trying to find the exact quote it was Rachel Bloom said when you have one type of person writing characters there's an uttering that happens I could tell when it was written by a guy because there would be little tells like oh this is from the outside in so I was I've been thinking about that a lot because that's definitely so true when a lot of the media is written from sort of a cis white male perspective and it's from the outside in on any other <laughs> culture I'm curious about what sort of conversations you've had about these topics in college I went to city college for my MFA and because of that I have sort of a removed perspective because I wasn't there as an undergrad so I wasn't as involved on campus but I have generally observed that it is compared to most schools extremely progressive uh so is this are these sort of conversations ones that would come up regularly in your classes did you have your viewpoints regularly challenged uh from maybe what you were raised with or or learned about in school growing up I definitely think that city college is it has to be because of its student body more accepting of different identities. I mean, still, I think a lot of the faculty still is like white men compared to the student body. And definitely like there still is in the curriculum, I feel like too much of an emphasis on like European men, but like people are trying to change it more than a school where the population was all European men, I feel like that wouldn't be questioned as much. Did you have any favorite classes in the theater department? Because you were a theater major, correct? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like I liked acting classes, but I don't feel like that's relevant to this topic, really. Oh, okay, okay. I wasn't sure if you had any kind of like media studies class or literacy class that maybe was more progressive in terms of conversation. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think that uh, TikTok has changed? 
the trajectory of your career in any way? Do you see it as more of a personal thing or has it benefited you professionally? Like I've met a lot of other performers and theater people and creatives and through TikTok. I don't know if like I've actually like if that's actually led to any opportunities, but I feel like I'm like building up my network through TikTok and also my confidence in myself. Like I feel like because of expressing myself on TikTok, when I go to an audition or am performing in general, I feel like I have to be less hidden and like I'm able and just like not hiding myself as much helps me be more successful I think oh I love that note about confidence was there a specific moment or any kind of experience that you had on TikTok that you think changed your self-perception or just been more of a gradual thing it was definitely gradual but I think when I finally started releasing content like about being autistic because for a while like I kind of wanted to but I was too scared to and then I was scared that like my entire life would be like come crumbling down if I released this content but also I was like the world shut down anyway like what life there's literally a pandemic going on (laughs) so like it was like I was scared like that, like I wouldn't get cast in anything if people like knew that I was from this discriminated against group, but also like nothing was casting anyways. I was like, the theater industry that doesn't exist right now is not going to like me. <laughs> like I need an outlet. <laughs> and then That's- like by not hiding, I feel like now I'm just like able to be more vulnerable and which is a benefit because the thing about the theater industry is that it does uphold power structures, but it also wants you to be vulnerable. And if you're trying to hide so much of yourself, then you're not able to be fully present on stage. Oh, that's a great point. So what gave you courage to finally release autistic content? Seeing other autistic creators and just like seeing how other people were able to share this and seeing how it could make a difference. I was like, and just connecting with other autistic people and like interacting with them. And then they would like guess that I was autistic. And I was like, I want to be a further part of this community. And like, this is, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, but that's beautiful. It just shows the one of the positive sides of social media is community and the way that it can help us connect with people we might have trouble finding in real life or at least to those numbers to that degree. Yeah, definitely. Because we're not limited by geography on social media. Yeah. So do you have any specific projects or plans right now? Anything that you're trying to do differently with your social media uh, or your theater work? Yeah, I'm trying to... Sorry, that made me just get my thoughts together. Um, That's okay. 
yeah, so I'm hopefully going to be creating a podcast about ADHD soon with for the community because I was interviewed on their podcast. And so I'm going to create a podcast about ADHD for the network where I interview people about ADHD because I also have ADHD in addition to being autistic. And so Armand Olia created a podcast about autism. So I'm going to then add ADHD to that combo. Hopefully I haven't started recording it yet though, but <laughs> I'm hoping to record that soon. And then I'm want to work more on neurodivergent representation in the media. And then also I want to get more into theater education and as well and other sides of theater. And I'm looking into getting a degree in theater education. So I like a master's in theater education so I can be certified to teach theater in schools. And I feel like that will help me with my leadership skills because I feel like sometimes I lack confidence as a leader and I want to, because as an actor, we're like, not having to be a leader which is easier in a way because it's like oh good I can just follow what someone else says but I want to like gain confidence in my leadership skills as well do you think you would be interested in writing and directing or you really want your focus to remain on performance I feel like my favorite element is performance but I want to get more into writing and directing as well what do you think podcasting will bring you that your TikTok experience doesn't? I think that it will bring me a more of a chance to do longer form content. Like TikTok, the videos are three minutes or less, which is, but podcasts, you get to have like a longer, more nuanced conversation. And also I'm going to get to interview other people like TikTok. It's usually videos with just me and them, but podcasts, I'll be collaborating with other people. Do you think you'll bring humor to your podcast too? Probably. I imagine, <laughs> yeah, I imagine you will. I was going to say earlier, I think that's one of the successes of your TikTok is that you approach serious topics with humor. Yeah, that's something that I really like doing. And also in terms of the media I consume also I feel like my favorite shows and plays to watch are shows that blend serious topics with humor like my favorite tv show crazy ex-girlfriend talks about mental health a very serious topic but also has a lot of comedy and I find that blend of comedy and drama to that's the most like life like in life there's serious moments and also light-hearted relief it's not all sad or all light-hearted it's a mixture yeah, for sure. Do you feel like TikTok is changing? Is the community there changing now that we're not on lockdown? Yeah, I feel like during the height of the pandemic, that was people's only way of connection because the real world was shut down. But now I feel like people, like including me, were also like being in the real world more and less online, which is... Like, I definitely, like, missed in-person connection, so I'm glad. But also, like, there is something nice about, like, 
asking the fans to like have everybody focus more on connecting with like-minded people rather than just being limited by geography and people are doing that less now now that they're being more with people they're geographically close to now that they can be in person for in-person stuff you can't be with somebody all the way across the world the same way you can online yeah could you talk about some of the in-person stage work that you have been doing recently yeah so recently I'm currently in a production of Inherit the Wind at Brewster Theater Company and I'm playing Howard and that play is very socially relevant because even though it takes place a long time ago it's about the trial about teaching evolution in schools and we're still having similar issues today so it's showing how these issues are still relevant today and there's still work to do and it's kind of scary how something that happened so long ago like could be taking place like basically today yeah so tell me about your character Howard so Howard's a 13 year old boy who's being taught evolution in school and isn't really sure what to think about it but it's being put on the spot and questioned on trial what do you love about in-person live performance I love the connection you make with other performers like in-person live before and with the audience like in person like I love being part of a cast and all creating something together as a like on my social media content, a lot of that's content that I'm basically creating myself. But I love, one of the things that draws me to theater is the community aspect of it and being able to build this thing, combining all our perspectives and creating this thing together. And then like, it also helps me be less scared to be like, we're all going out there. It's not just me, we're all being a part of this and you don't have that online even if you're in a zoom play you're still separated through a screen and you don't have that same energy transfer yeah for sure how do you come up with ideas for your tiktok and especially now because you're not making as many right yeah i feel like during the height of the pandemic it was easier to think of ideas i think because I feel like I get ideas from watching TikToks. And then when I see TikToks, it inspires me to make TikToks. But now I feel like I'm being more, I'm not watching as many TikToks. I'm more doing stuff in the real world. And like, I feel like we're inspired by each other on TikTok. And that's one of the cool things about TikTok is that we can see TikToks and it will inspire us to create content. And now I feel like everybody's, more busy in their real lives yeah so how do you feel about that busyness because as someone who graduated right before the pandemic you now have the opportunity to do what you were trained to do but at the same time you're missing out on some of the community that you built during quarantine yeah it's weird because before the pandemic I was going to auditions and like going to open calls like in the like before dawn I would like sign my name on this or whatever and now it's like 
weird because there's still like auditions that are virtual and there's auditions that are in person and I just like now I'm like I'm not sure exactly what I want to do anymore I guess like before the pandemic I was kind of on a path and now that path has been interrupted and now I'm trying to figure out what I actually want to be doing do you mean in terms of also creating digital media and maybe pursuing education yeah like I'm just trying to figure out exactly what my path is I think in a way that I wouldn't because I've been open my eyes have like been open to other outlets in a way that wouldn't have happened if it hadn't been for the pandemic yeah it's a strange positive side to it all yeah right? <laughs> uh what uh, uh, we'll wrap up soon I promise but I'm curious about <laughs> what sort of plays and media you've been consuming lately now that you are spending more time out of the house um so like I saw like a bunch of shows like once Broadway came back while there was still a mask mandate and yeah I saw and then also I still do watch a lot of media just on my computer as well like but like I feel like now I'm more open to actually consuming media about autism before the pandemic if I saw anything was about autism I avoided it with a 10-foot pole how has your family and and your close friends responded to the way you've it seems like you've really embraced this identity now or at least become more comfortable with it yeah so my family like never wanted me to be hiding it so they're relieved that I'm finally not hiding it my friends I was worried that like I would lose friendships because I was worried that my friends would discriminate against me but that hasn't actually like at first when I first came out it was kind of awkward because they were like why were you like hiding this mostly like I thought we were close friends but I was just like so ashamed but now I feel like now that's just something I'm open about and that once like we got over like the initial like awkwardness of me like also of me like posting on social media about it before I told my close friends <laughs> because I was more, more afraid of telling people I knew in person than of posting to the whole world it was weird <laughs> I'm honestly really excited for you. I'm excited for everything that you have coming to you in live theater and everything coming to you in digital media and your continued success on TikTok, I'm sure. And just, yeah, your level of comfort with who you are and how our society is, I won't say it's completely changed, but is making a little bit of progress. Yeah. Steps, right? Yeah, it's uh, going in the right direction. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Abigail. I really appreciate the time you spent with me here today. Dear listeners, you've been listening to the Badass Lady Folk. We will be on Radio Free Brooklyn again soon. That is my fun, exciting announcement. Uh, but for now, keep listening on iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud, etc. Thanks and have a wonderful week. <laughs>